Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome Juan and welcome all back to The Moon Underwater. It's part two and we are joined by comedian and actor. Are we an actor, Reese? Uh, um, not really much evidence to suggest that, no. But, you know, trying to be. So if you're hiring, look elsewhere because I've got an empty CV. Yeah, I've never been into the acting scene. However, I have recently been told about some of my peers, how much they're earning in America. And it, yeah. and it really has made me rethink most of my life choices. You're a very fine actor, John. Well, not for the last 25 years. You just can't be ruling out on podcasts, though. Yeah, I'm not sure if news of my performance at the Castle School School Plays has reached LA yet. Mm. Um, but maybe I should send one of the old VHSs. I think my mum still got it. My mum my mum cried at your smike in Nicholas Nickleby. She did. Mm. She did. <laughs> if only that had translated into a recurring role in Ted Lasso. <laughs> but uh, not, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. I don't know. Maybe they need a smike. I've never watched it. I wonder if they do need a smike, actually. <laughs> a just sort of withered soccer player. Yeah. You are too late because it's the, the currently in its final series that's already airing at the moment. Oh, really? Ah. So you need to try and get in something else. Could I play one of the characters in a flashback? One of the older characters, perhaps? Well, yeah, but again, as I say, it's already been filmed. I don't know if you know how flashbacks work. But ah. it's, it's been filmed and is being broadcast as we speak. So, Well, maybe they'll do like a Better Call Saul kind of vibe. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. With a character who's not actually in the original. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah. weirdly is from Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Let's just get the pitch in case anyone from Ted Lasso is, is listening. Um, so a spin-off series of Ted Lasso is based around Smike from Nicholas Nickleby trying to play soccer in America, but perhaps in the 30s when... So maybe he was the first person to, to, to try and bring soccer over to America, perhaps. I mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be in America because Ted Lasso is set in England. Good. Well, let's go Good. to Victorian. <laughs> let's go to Victorian, Victorian London. It's set in Richmond. Is it really? Yeah. The whole point of the show is an American trying to break football in England. Right. <laughs> he's okay. a manager and he doesn't understand it, and then he's trying to get the language of it. Ah. Richmond, Surrey, or Richmond up north. 
Richmond's, oh, come on. Not, yeah. not Richmond, Virginia at all. <laughs> no, no, no. So you actually have a chance here because sort of like referencing something like Smike is completely in the wheelhouse of Ted Lasso. Oh, good. Or, or you know, another character to help him understand the UK. He would sort of use this sort of thing. It isn't actually as insane as it sounds. Um, I mean, you doing this as a flashback show is as insane as it sounds. But it being a part of the show is completely conceivable. Could it be called Smike Bassett Football Manager? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any issues with that legally. Probably do need to check out a couple of eps uh, before we start filming. To, to, Your knowledge to, didn't seem exhaustive to me. Just sort of ground myself in the world um, of it. Uh, there's just too much YouTube golf instructional videos to watch for me to start watching sitcoms and things. Right then, a quiz. That's where we were, the quiz, Robin. Sure thing. Yeah, let's have the answers to the quiz. It's all about the four patron saints of uh, the UK and Ireland and what else they were patrons of. So question one was which of the four is often invoked against snakes and is also the patron saints of paralegals? Reese, what what you got for that? I thought it was 50-50 between George and Patrick and I went George. You went George. John, what have you gone? Well, Reese has thrown a little spanner in my works because I was convinced it was Patrick, but then I think that might be one of those sort of mad pub quiz irregularities that actually it's George. No, it's it's Patrick. Of course, got all the snakes out of Ireland, or you know, what well, didn't really, but you know what I mean. And uh, question two was, who's the patron saint of singers, minors, pregnant women, and a protection against sore throats? Reese, uh, David. You've gone David. John? I've also gone David because of Wales's rich history of mining, singing, underage pregnancy, and then sore throats from all of the above. Why did you say underage? <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's more pregnancy. The more people what? are under, underage pregnant, the more pregnancy there is. Uh, that was Andrew. How can that not be... David. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's all Welsh pastimes. Well, I mean, you would get a sore throat from singing, I suppose. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm getting people pregnant. No, I don't know how that works. Anyway, question three. And mining. And mining, of course, yeah. Uh, which of the four patron saints, also the patron saint of syphilis? Reese. Well, I actually went, I doubled down. Instead of guessing four different ones, because I wasn't convinced I was correct, I went George again. Oh, the little multiple-choice minx. Yes, please. Well, otherwise you're backing yourself to be correct on 100% of them. I went George. That is George. You both got that correct. I don't know what it is about syphilis that made you think of George, but there we go. Felt very English. (laughs) Question four, who who is the patron... Oh, you should be able to get it by now, but who's the patron saint of vegetarians and poets? Reese. Well, I know the answer, but I went with Patrick. You went with Patrick. Because I was convinced about the the David one. I went Andrew. Andrew. But, John, you won with two points against Reese's one. So very well done. Good quiz. Really enjoyed that. We move on now to Reese James's uh, dream spirit. Reese, what, what's 17-year-old Reese quaffing? Well, actually, Robin already won my quiz because number one is obviously apple sours. <laughs> ah, who, which I think is one of Patrick's, based on the colour. But um, obviously, apple sour is enormous part of mine and presumably everyone's youth. Just a real good introduction into sort of liquor because it was so sweet and sour. Obviously, it didn't feel like alcohol at all. So it was sort of the perfect way to get involved. It does feel like a gateway drug because, in a weird way, it's not a good bridge to 
liquor at all because no no actual spirit tastes sweet or sour. They taste sort of just strong. Bitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It actually reminds me more of going to nightclubs called Liquid and Envy <laughs> when I was a teenager and, like, always buying a VK, mm. which was a sort of post-WKD. And you just end the night when your teeth hurt. Yeah. So the main thing, you don't even really feel drunk because there's so hardly any alcohol in these things. You just have a sort of sugar headache and painful fuzzy teeth. And that was sort of it. How strong was an apple sours? Were they quite strong? I'm going to say 25% is my guess. Someone was talking about there's an episode of Come Dine With Me where they had a bottle of apple sours on the table like it was a bottle of like, <laughs> fancy wine or something. <laughs> That's really good. It's 15 it's wow. 15%. Right. So basically, that's the same strength as a strong red wine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But so much nicer. You're just doing a, a shot of red wine, basically. Yeah, instead of having a really sort of punchy Zinfandel, you go for a bottle of apple sours. I guess that's quite a good way of not getting too drunk, but feeling like you're drinking. Because a bottle of apple sours then would be... You can't have a bottle. You can't drink a whole <laughs> bottle, though. You go to hospital. Would the waiter kind of make... Would you, would you sniff the glass? Would you do that kind of thing and have a taste? Make sure it's It's okay. corked. It's corked. <laughs> uh, your second spirit, please, Reese. Tequila. Cheap. Very cheap tequila, please. One thing I certainly remember from being 17 is being pressured and then pressuring lots of people into tequila slammers. First time we did it, I was very reluctant, didn't want any part of it, but obviously I was 17, so I was relenting to peer pressure from all angles at all times. Then, you know, you, you become the bully, don't you? Naturally. God, you've got to do it. Don't, don't be a pussy. That sort of behaviour. Um, and then before you know it, you're doing it as well. So a lot of tequila slammers when I was 17, actually. And, I, and by this point, I was already at the point of my life, because pre the pub, pre going to the oak tree, which would serve us at 17... When we were 16, sort of 15, 16, we would actually just go to an Indian restaurant called New Golshan in St. Albans who wouldn't give a shit about anything. You could literally be a child and ask for a pint and they would just go, yeah, whatever. And so I'd already had a flaming Sambuca experience there where I was so sick and just so battered from having flaming Sambucas all night at New Golshan, an Indian restaurant, that I could never have Sambuca again in my life. Yeah. Even at 17, I had one gone off the list. It really brings into focus how nice it is to be able to just drink the things you want to drink mm. as an adult. It'd be so odd now at 40 to be going into a bar or a pub and sort of drinking things that you were being pressured. I can't remember <laughs> the last time anyone was like, have this, you have to have this. You know what it is? It's Jaeger bombs. It's the mm. only time. And that sort of died out a little bit. But it's when someone comes along with a tray of Jaeger bombs. If you're like, oh, no, thank you. Everyone is just like, well, you're a dick. A flaming Sambuca in an Indian restaurant is quite the look, isn't it? <laughs> Insane combination. Absolute madness. And I remember the particular night where I got so pissed that I couldn't walk and then fell asleep on my kitchen table and was just sick everywhere from flaming Sambuca. My friend Dave, we would have been 16, was like, he ordered the fall. Oh, my God. Which is obviously the hottest curry. Mm. And everyone kept saying, you're an idiot, before it arrived. And he kept saying, it's all about the experience. You've got to have experiences, guys. You've got to... It's all about... And then had one bite and then spent the rest of the night in the toilet. Mm. So, you know, it's all about the experience. And then I did the same thing from Flaming Sambucas. I bet the waiters loved you. <laughs> yeah. 
I've only had a file once and I actually look back on it quite fondly, but it was just so full of cloves. <laughs> yeah, it was like o- o- Calcutta and Yeah, I kept Bristol's saying thing. the cloves, the cloves. Because they're quite hard. I mean, they're horrible taste and also would sort of, you're worried you're going to break a tooth. But yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> um, I think it was, it was a foul with a bottle of rosé. Wow. Oh, yeah. very interesting combo. Uh, so apple sours and cheap tequila adding to the lineup. Robin, it's about time we learn our ABCs, Ds, Es and Fs, the rest of the alphabet jumbled up in different orders in what we know as literature. Let's head over to the pub library. Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. This week, it's a culinary entry as we welcome the award-winning food writer, Sue Scott, who has just published a book called Rice Table, which my girlfriend Ruth introduced to me. So Sue Scott was born in Seoul and moved to the UK when she was 19. And her recipes are all about rediscovering her Korean identity. I recommend the charred cabbage with gochujang vinaigrette. But um, I know we all get annoyed with recipes where the chef spends the first paragraph describing how they first encountered yoghurt on a road trip of the Pacific Northwest or something. But Sue Scott's actually a brilliant writer who vividly describes the culture shock of arriving in the UK and writes movingly about how food helped her reconnect with her roots. So this is a little passage where she describes one of her first visits to a British pub. I always dreamt about coming to England after reading Wuthering Heights under the duvet as a child. I imagined the wild and stormy green hills and romanticised the views of ever-changing skies cast with black and grey clouds. In this faraway place across the ocean that I now call my home, people drank black tea with milk stirred through in shades of butterscotch biscuits. I learnt roasted chicken was for Sundays with gravy on the side, and in British pubs you could order pints of beer without food, and that no one ever says how do you do. Yes, I really did say that once in a local pub in New Malden, just outside London, timidly reaching my hand out to the lady behind the bar after painstakingly practising it under my breath for the tenth time. My cheeks flushed with embarrassment, but there was also a certain kind of fire rising from the belly too. I wanted to be better. I love that description about um, being really surprised that you go somewhere and just order drinks. It's really good. And also saying, how do you do to a barmaid? It's very good. It's quite nice. I might start saying that. What, saying how do you do? Yeah. But reaching out for a handshake as well. I mean, imagine every everyone who came into the pub needs to shake the bar person's hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be insane. How do you respond to how do you do? Do you say, I'm very well? Louis Theroux says it all the time. How do you do? I guess it's become, how are you doing? I'm always thrown mm. when, someone, when Americans say, what's up? Hey, what's up? And I go, yep, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it because I was watching the golf and as the two leaders were walking through the crowds to the next tee, everyone's holding up their hands for high fives. Mm. And one of the players was um, Brooks Kepka was high-fiving everyone. And the other one, John Rahm, was not making contact with anyone's hands. And you can see the sort of people at the side going, oh, come on, be a good sport. But I was thinking, if you're, say you high five 200 people in a day, you're going to get so ill so regularly. (laughs) Mm. So I would have a zero high five policy, I think, if I was a top elite sports person. (laughs) 
Because I wouldn't. You got. Oh, you don't know where the hands have been. Imagine that. Yeah. In a series of. This is a spoiler for a series of twenty-four from about fifteen years ago. Oh, I was just thinking about that. You know, when he's the president or whatever, and he's just like shaking everyone's hand, and then someone's poisoned their own hand or something mad. Yeah. And then it kills the president or something. It's like he puts him in a coma or something like that because he's got a chemical on his hand. Yeah, he's got like a film, a very thin film on his skin, and he shakes the president's yeah. hand. Mm. That was the first box set I ever encountered, 24. Agreed. My dad bought it from Sainsbury's. We mocked him for buying it. And then obviously we're all absolutely obsessed with it. You know, the woman of 24 who played the sort of slightly mathsy lady. Yes, comedian. She's on Cameo. I like stumbled across her and was like, where do I know that face from? And it's like, boom, oh my God, I was quite excited. But you were the one point the most expensive person on Cameo, weren't you? Big time. Me and Caitlyn Jenner were the two most expensive. And then I think arguably because of that they changed the policy did they well at the time it was the maximum everyone could be on it was a thousand dollars a cameo uh-huh. and the guy who created cameo or something just kept emailing me out of the blue sort of cold calling saying will you join cameo and so eventually i just went, oh god yeah fine i don't want to do any so i'll make myself as expensive as possible no one's ever going to pay a thousand dollars to do a cameo and then i just did a sort of really obnoxious video eating carrots saying yeah it's a thousand dollars i'm watching it now yeah yeah and it's from it's from three houses ago that's how i've moved <laughs> three or four times since then and not from cameo money but you got three reviews yes so did you reply to all of them saying fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah my skin's fine <laughs> a few christmases ago i changed it to like 30 quid and did it all day for charity on Christmas Eve. So those reviews are from that. Ah, But then yeah. put it straight back to a 1000 But I got an email the other day from them saying, are you aware you're, it's $1,000? We're going to change it to $30 for you. And I said, no, keep it as 1000 please. And they were like, but you won't get any cameos. I said, yeah, good, I don't want any. And they said, well, you're not really allowed to do that. And then I was like, either delete my account or keep it as 1000 Under no circumstances can you change it. And then they just haven't replied and it's still up, obviously, as $1,000. But now Caitlyn Jenner's like $10,000. What? Floyd Mayweather is like so expensive on there and I can't go above a thousand. So there must be a sort of verified Mm. version of it where you can, you know, Twitter blue. Just to fly my own flag for a second, I'm still priced at a pretty reasonable $60. Too much. I think that's too expensive. You're taking the piss out of people there, mate. Um, does, Does prove quite popular and I've only ever received five star reviews. So... You know, let's just <laughs> let's just let that sit in the air. How many? What's your record in a day? How many have you done in a day? I've done more than thirty in a day before. It's exhausting. The day I did it, when I did it all day on Christmas Eve one year, but it was like a lockdown Christmas Eve, and so I thought oh, I'll just do these or whatever. And I probably did about thirty in that day. It was the worst day of my life. It's so exhausting. Oh, I enjoy it. I like it. Also, I found out mine are way too long, so I was trying to like. I felt so bad that people were paying for me to just say, "Hey, Merry Christmas." That I would like write a quiz for everyone and or like do something. Every, all of my videos were like four minutes. Yeah, mine are all three to four. Well, sort of two to four minutes long. I've heard you doing your, yours, John. That was quite funny because you did that awful Irish accent you do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people do request certain accents. Yeah. Um, it gives me something to do. Uh, in the long, lonely hours of the day. <laughs> anyway, in the Moon Underwater Reefs, we've also got a jukebox. So mm. what album are you going to add to the Moon Underwater Perfect Pub playlist? Well, I'm 17 years old and the album of my 
teenage years that you'll you will both hate this but the thing that was like in the sort of friendship group that was just massive at the time and was huge to such an extent they did a reunion tour of just this album two years ago and me and all my friends from school went to the show is inside in inside out by the kooks whoa yeah both of your worst nightmare i would imagine but unlucky it's in your pub jukebox I've not actually heard of that album. I'm sure I know the tracks from it. Not my era, really. No, but it's the. It was like the summer album of being sort of sixteen. What was the, what were the big hits on that one? She moves in her own way. There's a song on there called Jackie Big Tits. I'm not sure they get away dear. with anymore. Don't think they played that one at the re- reunion tour. Um, which is a shame, actually, because you know we were looking forward to it. I remember doing a festival with them one time. They had a Mellotron they brought on stage, which is quite an extraordinary piece of equipment. What's a Mellotron? It's a, it's like a very old-fashioned sampler or synthesizer, I suppose, with tape loops running through it, so you could play organ, uh, you know, like violin sounds, choral sounds. It's, wow, it's, that is not, like, it's just a really, what I'm associating the Kooks with is just very standard jangly guitar. Yeah, Sort right. of leading the landfill indie era. Yeah, yeah. So are the Kooks midway between the Kaiser Chiefs and the Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, not basically. Alpha, not alphabetically, but yeah. Yeah, they were in the sort of razor light era of that sort of stuff. Do you look back at that time, like, and do you genuinely still love that album, or do you kind of look back at it now and go, it reminds you of being young, kind of thing? That album I do still really like. There's a lot of stuff in the Landfill Indie era. That was like, that was what music was when I was that age. It was all Landfill Indie. It was all those sort of pigeon detectives and bands like that. And I was like, thought they were all amazing at the time and went to Reading Festival that year and cued to get into all of them what was your hair looking like at that era oh i had long old it was it was madness i had long old hair it was kind of like um i don't know if you remember a man who was on x factor years ago called frankie cocosa but I used oh to yeah, get, yeah i used yeah. to get heckled with in the street with people saying oh it's look it's frankie cocosa so i look like i look like that basically but worse i mean i think i think that era does get unfairly slagged off sometimes because there was some really good stuff from that era there's stuff in there that I still like I'd say it's not that many but the albums that I still like from there I still think are absolutely excellent yeah Young Knives they were really good I guess like in in some senses the dream is to be involved in an era of music like that be sensible with the money you earn Mm. and hopefully then have a bit of freedom for the rest of your life and not feel like any shame about the fact you didn't go on to be a blur, a stroke, an oase. Did you um, watch the film, the Meet Me in the Bathroom film? Is that worth a watch? Because that's kind of about that era, isn't it? No, I haven't seen that film. I don't know if I know about that film. What's that? Is that the sort of um, about, is that the sort of Camden, Pete Doherty era of things? Yeah, well, it's about... I mean, this is three people talking about a film that none of them have seen, so maybe we should close this off. But it's basically about, yeah, it's about the strokes and the yeah, 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 and how they did incredibly well in the UK kind of first, and then that led to the kind of libertines and all that kind of stuff. Well, I will definitely watch it. Good stuff. Well, the jukebox is blazing out with the kooks. And we now head on to your wildcard choice, Reese. What's it going to be? I mean, initially it was going to be this. It's not going to be. But on the subject of this, I got a classic being 17. I wanted to put gin in the spirits, but I couldn't fit it in among against apples, sours and cheap tequila. And the reason I wanted to put gin in the spirits was because I once 
a boy I looked up to in the year above was once drinking a drink that wasn't a beer. So I said, what's that? And he said, I said, gin and lemonade. And I sort of reacted like gin and lemonade, as in not tonic or whatever. And then he just said, yeah, yeah, gin and lemonade is what rock stars drink. And then sort of walked <laughs> off. And then that, that became my phrase for maybe 10 years. Really? I would drink gin and lemonade because of that one chance moment. And then I'd start saying to people like, um, not even waiting to be asked, I'd be like, I'm going to go and order a gin and lemonade because it's what rock stars drink. Like I'd be bringing the whole thing up. Wow. And then I'd be sort of acting like I was some sort of rock star for drinking a sort of gentle, <laughs> fizzy drink. <laughs> I had no evidence. And I'd say, say stuff like, if people did ask, gin and lemonade, you fucking loser. I'd be like, yeah, mate, uh, it's actually very cool. Ask the Rolling Stones. But I had obviously no evidence for any of this. But, you know, that's just what you like when you're a teenager and you take something to heart. Yeah. So I was going to put that in. But actually, I thought back and in the new Golshan era of my life, one of the things we would do in amongst ordering the hottest curry and uh, flaming sambucas is we would also go to Thresher's RIP, now Wine Rack, I believe, and buy incredibly thin cigars and smoke them in the alleyway next to the restaurant. Oh, nice. And the sort of the thin cigars where you get no benefit of a cigarette or a cigar. They don't taste of anything except smoke and they're not cool. They're the sort of thing that like I associate with people smoking sort of outside Ladbrokes. So like a panatella or, or slimmer than that? No, thinner than panatella, definitely. So weird the things you do to, because you think that you, they're going to make you more grown up. As if any grown up goes to an Indian restaurant and has a flaming sambuca <laughs> and goes outside <laughs> for a slim cigar. But these are slimmer than even a hamlet. I'm talking, these are like the size of like a little roll up that you would make. They're like, there's like cigarette width at most. Like a cafe creme. Yeah, they're just a brown cigarette, Yeah, basically. Did they come in a little tin? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. Cafe creme. That was the first thing I ever smoked. Yeah, it was like those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would smoke those. So I would like those as the wild card, even though I hate them. <laughs> There's one reference in the back catalogue of Alan Partridge to him smoking cigars, which I always found quite interesting because it doesn't quite fit with him. And it's... They did an extra episode it was like a behind the scenes episode of knowing me knowing you the radio show Mm. where they're having a meeting in alan's house and they're talking about his coal effect gas fire and he's he smokes a slim panatella cigar uses that phrase but doesn't he also talk about that with lynn about you know rolled on the thighs of a virgin i'm being bawdy yeah but in terms of him actually smoking i always thought it was it was interesting that They'd seen him as the sort of person who would smoke cigars, but then at some point must have decided that wasn't practical or wasn't very Alan. (laughs) Right then, folks, uh, we're going to disappear off to the realm within the realm, the patron-only realm, to discuss Rhys James's dream pub companion. If you'd like to get on board, head to moonunderpod.com to click through to our patron page where you can support us. You also get the bonus podcast behind the cellar door, and extra little treats every now and again, an advance warning of live tickets. But for the Johnny-come-fly-be-nightlies who decide not to, we'll see you very shortly. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Right, we return to uh, Reese James's Dream Pub and what a lovely chat we've had about nostalgia, freedom and opportunity, really, for Reese's Dream Pub really. companion. <laughs> but Reese, we need you to bar something uh, from this Dream Pub before we can uh, let you run away with it. You're barred. The concept of rugby. Mm. Everything to do with rugby, gone. So not just the concept, but the the actuality of rugby. Oh, yeah, all of it, everything to do with it. So just rugby and its various branches. So I don't want any of... I, I do want TVs in the pub playing that do play football, but I don't want anything to do with rugby in there. I want to basically do everything I can to remove the clientele of rugby from the pub. And this also is crucial to me being 17. So this isn't necessarily just me now, but sort of rugby drinking games. Oh, if you drink with your left hand, you got to down it and all this sort of stuff. And you have to say right honourable gentlemen to everyone you speak to. It's pathetic and I hate it. <laughs> and everyone should be ashamed of themselves. And I don't like their polo shirts. So do you prefer football drinking culture to rugby drinking culture? I don't necessarily want to create football drinking culture in this pub either. I just want to be able to watch football. And so you sort of want the dream. Like, There's a few pubs that are around me now that play the football, but it never tips over into being a horrible football environment uh-huh. because it's East London and so everyone's actually like a bit cool and maybe most of the people in the pub aren't that into football. But then it's England, so you do just go and watch it. And so when we sort of... Harry Kane misses a penalty in the quarterfinals of the World Cup, people are a bit more like, ah, drat, rather than <laughs> I'm losing, I'm pulling my hair out, losing my mind. But it's okay because you just don't want people screaming abuse, basically. So no, I don't think drinking culture of either of them is my dream. But rugby especially, with all the rules and stuff, it just completely... I used to get wound up as a teenager that we'd have to, like, if we're going to, like, a pre-drinks thing, we'd have to play drinking games there. Because it would be like, but we are friends. So we are capable of just having a conversation while drinking and not having the risk of someone drinking a dirty pint as they call it, in the middle if you pick up the wrong card. It was more... And then, like, the evening's over because now you're so drunk you can't do anything if you've had to down that. So it was all just like, no, but we could just chat, couldn't we? Because we, we're best mates. The actual game of rugby as well always seems to be about this huge build-up and anticipation. And the actual game itself, 
everyone who watches it always seems to be quite disappointed with how bad the game is. Is that just my experience of it? That like people go, oh yeah, that wasn't very good, was it? Well, it's like, well, have you ever watched rugby before? That's what it is. Well, I don't know because I've never enjoyed it for even a second. So I don't. I, I agree with you, of course, but I don't know if it's supposed to be good. My friend, who's a big rugby fan, said, you know that basically scrums don't work in the way they should because people are just much bigger and more muscly now. So scrums always collapse. And it's like, well, why, why, why are you doing it then? The only good bit, the only good bit of of rugby is when they have a throw in. They basically can lift someone up to be a big, tall man. That's the only fun bit is when you go, oh, the bit with the big, tall man catches it over the other big, tall man. And then the rest of it is You should get points for that. Yeah, it should just be who can get the tallest man to catch the ball. (laughs) Well, uh, great choice. So both the concept and the reality of rugby is banned Mm. from your dream pub, Reese. Hurry up, please. It's time. So let's just run through what you've got in this 17-year-old's Valhalla. You've got Peroni, Coors Light. You've got glass bottles of Coke, 330 mil. Magnas in bottles. Your spirits are apple sours and cheap tequila. You've got Inside In, Inside Out by the Kooks. Really bad title, that. Yeah. Just reflecting on it. Really just poor, meaningless pun on something that's not even really a phrase. You've got Slim Cigars available tinned cafe creme Mm. and no rugby knocking around but what are we going to call it okay so logic suggests it should be called something like the sixth form common room but the main thing you want when you're young is to pretend that you're not young and so you don't want to be in a pub surrounded by just 17 year olds because then you might as well just be at a house party so it can't be called that because it's only going to attract 17 year olds and the worst people in the world if it's called the sixth form common room. Yeah. And so I have two options and I'm going to let you choose the option, which option to call it. I've got one pretentious option. I was very pretentious at 17. So I would, I would have absolutely loved this. I would have thought it was genius. And that is that it would be called the hope that kills you. Ooh. I would have thought it was so clever. It would have been so up my street at 17. All my mates would have thought, would have been like, what does it even mean? And I'd have been telling them how genius it was and how brilliant it is. And it is also the sort of thing that would be in Ted Lasso. Um, it would be the pub they go to because they're oh, we keep losing the games. The alternative option, the king's ass, <laughs> hmm. um, which I also would have found funny. But, you know, I think having death in a pub name is not ideal. Well, that's a shame because that's what we're going for. Um, <laughs> oh, really? The Hope That Kills You is a great name for a teenage pub. Yeah, mm. it's got that exact kind of teenage angst and pretension mm. to it. I think the King's Ass has a little of the sort of uh, the Oxford sort of ribald, bad Oxbridge humour about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sort of student sketch vibe, yeah. Yes, mm. yes, very much a student sketch vibe. So yes, anding all the pints and then, and then saying <laughs> yeah. and scene. Well, so again, it's just something at 17 I'd have found funny. So the options are either something I'd have found brilliant at 17 or something I'd have found funny at 17. Mm. Neither of which I would, you know, love to go to a pub called as a 32-year-old man. But the hope that kills you, I think, it just, I was such an angsty, as I say, achy, breaky heart romantic at 17 that the hope that kills you, man, I would have been like, wow. I'd have thought I was larking or something. Yeah. It does hit the right emo notes, I think, for a teenage boy. And it does kill you. Yeah. Well, what a fantastic time it's been uh, to chat to you, Reese. And we give you the hope that kills you. 
uh, to take with you wherever you need it the most. Where can people find out about your superb humour uh, online? Where should people be following you? Cameo. It's only $1,000 um, per cameo. And uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that nonsense. And TikTok. And TikTok. I'm on TikTok if you want to, you know, come along to there if you like. So head over to Reese James, spelt R-H-Y-S, on social media to catch up with what he's doing. Check him out on tour and sit back and relax in the joy of the hope that kills you. Bye-bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.